My name is Parker Johnson, and I'm the pastor here at First Presbyterian Church in Bruton, Alabama. You can find out more about our congregation at our website, fpcbruton.org. You can reach the church anytime at 251-867-5395. We would love for you to come and check us out. If you don't have a congregation that you call your home, then please come and join us. A little update on where we stand with the coronavirus. We met as a session last night. That is our group of elders in the congregation. And we have decided that it is prudent to continue on with our drive-in services only until the end of May. Tentatively, we are looking to have our first in-person services uh, Sunday, June 7th. That, of course, is still up in the air, and the session will meet uh, the week before to see where we stand. We have begun to open up some of our small groups as well uh, and begun to engage in some one-on-one -on -one ministry in small groups. Uh, so if you have any questions about that, feel free to reach out to us here at the church. Well, let me pray. Father, we do thank you for your love and your grace that you have seen us through to this point. Lord, there have been many hard moments, perhaps sleepless nights for some, uh, in this pandemic. But Lord, we know that nothing is beyond your control. And though in your providence you have chosen not to stop the pandemic up to this point, we do pray that you would. We pray that you would intervene, cause this season to end. But until then, Lord, help us to learn what you would have us to learn. Grow us spiritually, that we might not be the same on the far side of this. Give us faithfulness and endurance. We pray these things in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Well, Sunday, uh, here at the drive-in service, uh, which is at 9 a.m. Sundays, we talked about the assurance that we have that God answers every one of our prayers. And we talked about the tension of what happens when God doesn't answer our prayers the way that we desire. Fundamentally, we talked about that God does promise to answer every prayer, though he may answer our prayers in one of four ways. Yes, no, not yet, or immeasurably more than we could ever ask or imagine. Yes, no, not yet, immeasurably more than we could ever ask or imagine. But you know, in order for God to answer our prayers in one of those ways, we first have to pray. Uh, and that really is um, something that every Christian struggles with. One of the most humbling questions you can ask any believer, pastor, or layperson alike is, Hey, tell me about your prayer life. Are you pleased with it? Are you happy where you are? Do you feel like you're praying enough? That's a pretty humbling question, but it's one that perhaps we need to ask ourselves. What is the condition of our prayer lives? And so that's what I'd like to talk about today. I'd like to discuss what prayer is and the elements of it, uh, and then uh, charge us to be more serious about prayer. As we think about our own prayer lives, what impact do you think it would have in your life if over the next year you had a healthier prayer life? What impact do you think it would have in your life if over the next year you had a healthier prayer life? Dr. Bray in his book, God is Love, talks about prayer and compares it to eating. He says this, prayer is not and cannot be an afterthought or something we resort to only in an emergency. 
Just as physical food is beneficial only if consumed in regular portions, so spiritual food must be absorbed on a regularly and orderly basis. You know, if we're honest, our uh, times of concerted prayer often come when things are bad. Now, when things are bad, it's a good time to pray. I'm not saying that. But, but then there's often a tapering off of when things seem to return to a more normal state. But, you know, that's not how we eat, is it? Uh, we eat regularly, perhaps <laughs> too regularly on, on my part. Certainly as coronavirus season has impacted uh, my, uh, my waistline in some significant ways. Uh, but do, uh, do we see prayer the same way we see eating? Do we see our need to be spiritually fed in a regular diet rather than just gorging ourselves when we get to the point of being famished or undernourished? It's meant to be a, a continual part of our lives. Another helpful illustration that Dr. Bray pulls out is, is one in which we think of our fellowship with God. He says this, To be a Christian without praying is like being married but never speaking to your spouse. It may be theoretically possible, but what kind of a relationship would that be? It would certainly not be one that is growing and flourishing. So I'd like to talk about this morning, or whatever time you're listening to this, uh, what, what is prayer? What is prayer? Now, Sunday morning, we talked about a very simple definition of prayer that simply put, uh, prayer is uh, communication with God. Prayer is communication with God. Or rather, excuse me, uh, Richard Pratt's definition of believer's communication with God, where there are three elements of believer, God, and communication. There's another definition I'd like to pull out in our time together that explores it from a different aspect, and it identifies five different elements. This definition comes from a document that was written in the 1640s called the Westminster Larger Catechism, and it serves as one of the governing documents of our denomination of course, subservient to Scripture. Scripture alone is the only infallible rule of faith and practice, but it is a good, help, helpful teaching tool uh, and guidelines. So question 178 of the West, Westminster Larger Catechism says, what is prayer? The answer there identifies five elements of prayer. It says, prayer is an offering up of our desires unto God in the name of Christ, by the help of His Spirit, with confession of our sins, and thankful acknowledgement of his mercies. Let me read that again. Prayer is an offering up of our desires unto God in the name of Christ, by the help of his Spirit, with confession of our sins, and thankful acknowledgement of his mercies. Let's break that up. The first element here is prayer is an offering up of our desires unto God. It really is an amazing thing that we get to present our desires and those things which we need or our desire to worship him and give him glory, to give him thanks, but to come before him and ask for help or for provision or emotional help or help for others, to intercede for others, that we have these desires personally and we get to go to God to present them to him. Matthew 7, 7 through 8 says this, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, it will be opened. 
We look Sunday at James uh, chapter 4, which says, you, you have not because you ask not. Indeed, God commands us to bring our desires to him. Isn't that an amazing thing? It's like if you're a parent and you go to your child and say, hey, what do you want? Not in a sarcastic way like, hey, what do you want? But what would you desire? Are there needs that you have? What can I do to help meet those? God is our Father, our Abba. We get to come to him and we don't bug him. I know yesterday I was trying to clarify something over text with somebody, and, and I think I texted him four or five times, and I finally put in my last text, I said, you know, I'm sorry to keep bothering you. And he said, no, 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 don't, don't worry, it's not a bother. Well, sometimes I wonder if we think we can't keep going to God because we don't want to bother him. In fact, I've heard people use that language. Well, the reality is that there's no social distancing needed in our prayers. We don't have to space them out because there's not enough bandwidth to get to God. Uh, there's not a clogging up of prayers like in a, in a tube or, or a drain pipe getting to him. Uh, there is no limit, either time or space, on the things that we can bring before him. Indeed, what a blessed day it would be if we spent the entire day praying to the Lord. But notice that as we bring our desires, it is to a specific address. It is to God and to none other. And that's really important. It is to God, the one true God, Yahweh, Jehovah, the Lord, capital L-O-R-D, the one who has created the heavens and the earth, the very one who sent and has come as, uh, as a sacrifice for our sin and, and the one who was sent and now indwells within us uh, as, uh, as the Holy Spirit indwells within us. This means that we are not to pray to Mary. Why would we pray to Mary when we can pray to God? Why would we pray to an intercessor instead of praying to God himself? Because Christ is our intercessor. Christ is our high priest now, and we need no one else between us. We don't pray to saints, and we pray in the manner in which God describes and desires we come to him, to our God, not only as the one who can do those things which we ask as we come believing asking for those things, but we come to him because of the relationship we have with him. We come to him because he is our Abba, our Papa. He is our Father. Well, so fundamentally prayer is taking our requests before God. The second element is in the name of Christ in the name of Christ. Have you ever wondered what that means? What does it mean when we tack on the end of prayers and in Christ's name or in Jesus' name? Well, the basis is uh, really found in the fact that Christ is our high priest. Hebrews 4, verses 14 through 16, connect prayer and to Christ as our high priest. It says there, Since then we have a, high, a great high priest who has passed through the heavens. Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. If we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin, let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we might find uh, we might receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. You know, when we speak of praying in Christ's name, it does not just mean tacking on at the end of a prayer in Christ's name. Uh, it's helpful to do that, especially in this pluralistic society, that we make it explicitly clear that the only way we have to pray is through what Christ has done for us. 
You know, um, it is as we pray in his name, not just tacking it on, but what that really means on the basis of what he has done for us, uh, it shows us that we have access before God and we recognize that we have no other access before him. You know, if I wanted to appear before the President of the United States, you know, there's really no way that I could just walk in. I don't have any standing. I don't have any reason. I'm pretty sure that the Secret Service would um, perhaps inhibit my desires to come before him. I would probably be on the ground, either wiggling or dead. Well, because of our sin, we have no standing before God. Indeed, apart from what Christ has done, we are enemy combatants. We are hostile to God. We are by nature children of wrath, according to uh, Ephesians chapter 2. But something has changed because now we do have access to the very throne of God because what Christ has done on the cross for us. He has paid the price for us. He has uh, died for us that we might be cleansed of our sins and declared righteous, not based on anything what we have done, but by what Christ has done, received by faith alone. And because of what he has done, now that he is our great high priest, we have access before the very throne of God. So when we pray in the name of Christ, we are recognizing that we have no other way, no other way to come before of the Father, except through faith in Jesus Christ of what he has done for us. But we also, because of that, we can go boldly with humility. You can have boldness and humility at the same time. We go boldly. I like uh, Hebrews 4.16 says, For then let us with confidence. We don't have to cower. Now we should have reverential awe, but we should not be afraid that we won't be accepted because we have a standing in God's court. Because we have been declared forgiven, redeemed, and sons and daughters of the King. We go as we claim what Christ has done for us. The third element is that we go by the help of His Spirit. So the first element is that we come before God presenting our requests. The second is that we do it in the name of Christ. The third is that we go by the help of the Holy Spirit. Now why would we need the help of the Holy Spirit if we have Christ? Well, Romans 8.26 8, um, uh, answers this clearly. It says, Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. Just because we have been redeemed, just because we've been forgiven, does not mean that in our own strength we have, well, any strength. Any spiritual strength we have comes from God. And the way he does that, especially in our lives, is through the indwelling power of the Holy Spirit. Not just the power of the Holy Spirit as if he is some energy, but, but God himself, God the Holy Spirit, dwells within the Holy Spirit, uh, within, excuse me, within the believer. And he helps us and he aids us even when we don't know how to pray. Certainly you have had that experience, right? When there's a situation so complex, you can't even get your head around it. And you don't even know how to begin to pray. But the Holy Spirit helps us with, with groanings too deep for words. He, he cleans up our prayers and presents them to the Father. Oftentimes, He prompts us to pray for someone. Have, have you ever felt the tugging of the Holy Spirit that way? I know I have many times. There's one individual in particular that, that sometimes the Holy Spirit just wakes me up in the middle of the night with them on my mind, and I just start praying for him. And there have been times when I've contacted this man the next day and said, hey, I woke up praying for him. He said, oh, man, thank you. you. You just have no clue what I'm going through right now. Isn't it amazing how the Holy Spirit prompts us if we're open to that? 
And I'm not talking about him speaking to us audibly. God speaks to us through his word. But the Holy Spirit does prick our consciences. He does um, prompt us to pray, and he strengthens us for prayer. He helps us. Left to our own devices, we, we would pray even more infrequently than we do. The fourth element is with confession of sins. With confession of sins. Why do you think it's important that we confess our sins when we pray? Well, one, it's commanded. Two, we're supposed to keep short accounts with God. Three, we're supposed to deal with our sin, and the way we deal with our sin is by coming to him and confessing them, confessing them uh, to him and claiming the, the uh, re- redemption and the forgiveness that we have in Christ. But our, but our sin also can, can inhibit our prayers. Psalm 66, 18 says in the King James Version, I like that version here, it says, If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. As believers, there's nothing that can separate us from the love of God, nothing. We cannot lose our salvation. But our fellowship with the Lord can be hindered by our sin. Just like we may be experiencing a time of um, less intimacy with a spouse or, or perhaps in a friendship because there is some festering sin that has not been dealt with, so too that can happen with the Lord. That if we have not dealt with the sin in our lives, it may inhibit our prayers. Well, the final element uh, is with thankful acknowledgement of his mercies. With thankful acknowledgement of his mercies. Why do you think it's important to come to God with thanksgiving? Well, I mean, it's commanded. That's a, that's a good enough reason, but there are a lot of other really good reasons too. Um, I think of Philippians 4, 6 through 7 here. And I think this has direct applications to the season of the coronavirus pandemic. It says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything... By prayer and supplication, and here it is, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. When we come to the Lord in thanksgiving, it does many things. One really important thing is it redirects our gaze from solely on what is bad in our lives. Our felt needs, the, the crises, the pandemic, the need for emotional stability, the need for peace, the need for financial provision, the need for health. And those are good things to pray for. Don't get me wrong. Pray for those things. But when we come to him praying for those things, as we give thanks to him for all the other things he's done for him, it bolsters our faith. It reminds us of all the other ways that God has answered our prayers and provided for us along the way. And it can take our gaze solely from focusing solely on what is hard and bad in our lives to helping us see with perspective that, man, this is hard, but I am so blessed. I think a lot of times that's one of the ways that God brings the peace that surpasses all understanding uh, that is promised in, in verse 7. But it also brings him glory. We praise God when we give him thanks. Indeed, in in Hebrew, in the Old Testament, there's really not a technical word for thanks. It really is just a carryover for uh, for praise. That there, really, to the Hebrew mind, there was not much of a difference. That when we are thanking God, we are praising him for what he has done. Well, that definition, uh, the Westminster Larger Catechism, helps us with a, a framework. So prayer is an offering up of our desires unto God in the name of Christ, by the help of his spirit, with confession of our sins, 
and thankful acknowledgement of his mercies. So the question then, and I encourage you to think about this in your own life, is, is why don't we pray more? Why don't we pray? Why don't we pray or why don't we pray more? I'd like to just briefly highlight a few reasons. One is, let's, let's be honest here, sometimes it's because of laziness. And let that settle in just a second. I don't like that one because it strikes me pretty hard. Sometimes it's just laziness. Prayer is work. Now, work's not always bad. Just because something is work does not make it bad. But it can be work to keep our mind focused, to set aside time. Um, And sometimes we are just lazy because we fail to see the serious spiritual battle that we're in every day. There is a spiritual warfare element that is fighting against us having a healthy prayer life. Sometimes we're too busy in our lives or there's no silence in our lives. You know, um, certainly this season of having to pull back from many um, uh, engagements and commitments has shown us that the argument that I'm too busy isn't always a good one. It doesn't always hold water. We always make time for those things that are important to us. Um, sometimes we don't, let, we don't let any silence in our lives. You know, our phones are always in our hands. The television is always on. We're always checking the news. We're always listening to something on the radio. Um, and when, there's, when there isn't any silence in our lives, we don't have room for reflection upon our lives or spending time in prayer. Spiritually think, think, uh, thinking, though, I think sometimes we don't believe it works. Oh, I tried that prayer thing one time. It didn't do any good for me. <laughs> Let me ask you something. Why, why do people go to the gym? Because they know that it works to gain muscle. Why do people pay their power bill? Because they know that it will keep their lights on. Why do people put gas in their cars? Because they know that without it, their car will not go. Why do we pray? Or why, perhaps, why don't we pray? Because I think a lot of times we don't think it will accomplish anything. You know, as one author put it, we can, each and every one of us, be activists for any cause before the throne of God. If you're passionate about something, what a great place to run to. Uh, I mean, the throne of God, where we have access and he can actually do something about it. More perniciously, we sometimes don't think we have need for prayer. Has it really come to that? Is that really all we have left? The only thing I can do is pray. Um, I think sometimes we live our lives as what one writer calls functional deists, or perhaps even functional atheists, that, that we just don't see a need for a personal God who will intervene in our lives and help us with anything. We don't see our radical helplessness to be able to do anything. As Dr. Raymond says in his systematic theology, he says, there can be no question where the blame must be placed for our spiritual poverty. Every sin problem reveals a prayer problem. There is no sin that the Christian will ever commit that could not have been avoided by prayer. And finally, sometimes sin in our lives keeps us from praying. Sin that we like more than we should. Sin that we don't want to say no to because if we know that if we pray, we're going to have to do business with God. Well, what about you? Are you happy with your prayer life? I know I have 
much room for improvement. And so we pray. God desires us to pray, and then he gives us the ability to do what he desires. And so we pray, depending on him, confessing, Lord, I'm, I'm lazy. There's no silence in my life. I'm not making the time for it. Help me, Lord. That's a good prayer. You know, our, our growth spiritually really begins when we realize that we're helpless without God's assistance. We are weak, but he is strong. So my friend, may this day be a day that is bathed in prayer. And may the Lord use us as prayer warriors that we might see many men, women, boys, and girls come to a saving knowledge of Christ, that we might see his kingdom go forth, that we might see ourselves and our families and our friends grow spiritually. And even as we pray together that Christ would come. Well, let's conclude our time in prayer. Lord, I thank you for this time we have. Lord, make us uh, more fervent in prayer. Give us a desire to pray. Give us a burning desire to spend time with you that we couldn't wait to get off the phone or put our phones down or, or, uh, or whatever it is, get home, so that we might spend time with you. Help us, Lord Jesus. We pray these things in the name of Jesus. Amen.